Datenschutz folgt mit der Stadt. Or in English, data protection. It is a long debate. And since the GDPR or the Datenschutzgrundverordnung came into play, there was long discussions who should do what in which conditions. In this episode of the Digital Mitterstand, Ralf Becker explains you as an expert on topic what exactly needs to be done. Hi, my name is Jan and I am the founder of 360 Digital Transformation, where we help small and medium businesses, so Mitterstand to optimize, digitalize, and automate their business processes. Today, I have Ralf Becker with me. He is the founder and CEO of Tashuk GmbH, uh, with his team serving almost 100 Mitterstand clients when it comes to data protection and information security. I am more than excited to hear what he wants to say, and without any further ado, Hello, Ralph. Welcome to the show. Hey, Khan. Thank you for having me. Thank you for being here and thank you for your time on this Saturday. Uh, would you like to introduce yourself? Yeah, sure. So my name is Ralph Becker. I'm the founder and the CEO of Dashok. Uh, we're a um, small company, a small consultancy based in Darmstadt, so in the very much in the middle of, of Germany. Uh, near Frankfurt, Mannheim, Heidelberg, and so on. So, uh, and we are serving as data protection officers and information security officers to mid-sized businesses uh, throughout Germany. And uh, yeah, so we are serving around 100 uh, businesses and uh, with a small team of, of specialists in that area. And I think this is, yeah, this is what, what is me and what my business. Yeah, thank you for the introduction, but 100 uh, clients and you told me mainly from Mittelstand, so that's already quite interesting. But I would like to start with the name. Why Dashuk? Yeah, why Dashuk? That's uh, something many people ask us. Has it something to do with Darmstadt? Yeah, so something uh, it could be Darmstädter Schutzgesellschaft or something. Yeah, uh, actually not. Yeah, so uh, we first had another name which had nothing to do uh, with uh, Datenschutz um, and was uh, more like uh, media something. Yeah? And we searched for a name which is affinate with, with data protection and privacy and so on. And, um, you know, uh, people are searching in Google and people are searching in Google for probably also for the Datenschutzgesetz which yeah. is, could be an abbreviation, Daschuk, yeah? But this doesn't exist in Germany. We have the Bundesdatenschutzgesetz, yeah. ADSG, uh, but we don't have the Datenschutzgesetz. They have in Austria, I think they have the DSG, yeah? um, but uh, this could be an abbreviation. And a lot of people are searching uh, together with data protection and privacy uh, for the expression Daschuk. They can't know us. Yeah, so um, we uh, decided, well, this is a virtual word. This is a brand and now it's our brand. Yeah, it's very forward thinking. And I really like the way you uh, choose this uh, name, Dashuk, and it makes sense. Uh, of course, there is DSGVO, but this is slightly different, as you said, uh, Dashuk. Uh, 
Uh, and and people can easily remember the name. At least I remember it easily. Yeah. Yeah, that was the reason behind. Yeah, we need something which is short, which is easy to remember, uh, which is actually a brand. Yeah. Yeah, that's great. And right now we can uh, come to the questions more in terms of data protection, GDPR. And to start with, how should Mittelstand be aware when it comes to data protection and GDPR? Yeah, so I think uh, data protection uh, uh, is a thing which is more and more important in, this, in, in the future. Now, with the GDPR, Europe uh, has the first uh, very much sophisticated uh, uh, ruling and uh, regulation on data protection and privacy uh, in the world. And you see that it is copied everywhere in the world. Now, um, the Americans, where data protection is a state law, but not a federal law, now they come up with now Californian uh, um, privacy law, uh, in Texas, in, in many, many states, uh, uh, there are initiatives uh, for having a privacy law. And it's, uh, yeah, sometimes it's uh, very much a copycat of what we have here as GDPR. Yeah, even the Chinese now start up with data protection laws. Yeah? Uh, so uh, it is something which is uh, coming up uh, as we more and more rely on data, as we more and more exchange data. So uh, this is for sure something um, Mittelstand should be aware of, but uh, they also shouldn't panic about that. Yeah? So when GDPR comes up, there was, well, I would say it was really panic in the market. Oh my God, there comes something and it comes tomorrow almost. Yeah, well, we had two years of transition time, but as always, yeah, um, you don't care about if the deadline is not approaching. Yeah? So, um, yeah, and this is why uh, for many, many businesses, it comes as sudden as Christmas. Yeah? So, and <laughs> yeah, um, then it's, uh, uh, they are pretty late and resources are, are not so much uh, available and then it gets expensive and now, okay, but uh, it was panic and the panic was not, well, yeah, so what has happened, yeah? Uh, now we have two and a half years GDPR and the world didn't stop turning. Uh, um, what was, many people feared that, yeah, that there were very, very expensive lawsuits and fines and no, it isn't. Yeah, so, well, from my very much experience I have, I must say, so you have to do really plenty to get a fine. Yeah? So to ignore authorities, don't respect authorities, things like this. Yeah. Um, I think if you really do your homework and if you really show that you are caring about this, yeah, there is no reason for panicking. Yeah? But you should do something. Yeah? Uh, so do nothing maybe is not the cheapest option in the long, long view. Yeah? Um, yeah, it depends how much your contract as a, a managing director is. Yeah, obviously. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah so um, yeah, um, so Middlestand uh, or the mid caps company, and this is uh, what is very much uh, our um, our clients are mostly in in the small and medium business. Um, I think this is very much uh, uh, what is our day to day business where we serve as external data protection officers and external information security officers. 
Um, I think this is uh, uh, very much where we have our experiences um, and where we also can help companies and uh, yeah, usually it's, it starts with just a check up. Yeah, so where are we standing right now? Are we pretty good? Are we, well, not so good uh, or are we really, yeah. So uh, do we have major risks? Uh, I think this is interesting for, for many managers coming in just to know where do we stand? Yeah? This is one of the aspects. Um, regarding the uh, information security, uh, it's also something like a, like a internal audit uh, that the management just wants to know uh, how good are, is, is our IT department really. Uh, um, so if you don't know uh, how it's working, it's, it's hard to evaluate uh, um, yeah, uh, how good um, supplier or even the own staff actually is. And so this is what, what is our business. Uh, and um, yeah, I think what is our advantage in this is, uh, and what also Mittelstand should be, um, should be aware of that. Um, yeah, let it put it a different way, yeah. Um, you have to understand that there is no such thing than a 100% compliant company. Yeah, this just doesn't exist. Yeah? It's just the same thing as there is no healthy human on earth. Yeah? Somebody who you think is healthy, he isn't examined long enough. Yeah? Um, so um, same for compliance. Yeah? 100% uh, compliant, I've never met a company which is 100% compliant in all aspects. I, I doubt that this exists. Yeah? So if, if there's anybody listening to your podcast and say, yeah, we are, just please can, come up to me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, um, so, <laughs> um, so this means that you have to accept certain level of risks. Yeah? And I think this is something what... Uh, distinguishes us from uh, classical law companies. Yeah? So for a lawyer, a risk is evil. Yeah? It's something you have to avoid. Yeah? And um, so if you are a practitioner, you have to say, well, I have to prioritize. I have to prioritize my resources. I have to prioritize and I also evaluate risk, which risk level is acceptable for conducting my business. Because if I exclude every, every kind of risk, I can't do my business anymore. Yeah? Um, therefore, I have to evaluate this. And this is what GDPR forces you to do, to evaluate the risk, but not only your own risk, but also the risk of the data subject. Yeah? So risk analyzers from a, let's say, management view is a different view than the risk analysis you do in GDPR, where you evaluate the risk for the data subject. Yeah, so don't mix this up. And this is why risk management systems are often not so suited for privacy, uh, because it's just another perspective on, on the thing. Yeah, um, um, yeah this is, uh, so, so accepting risk and accepting that you have certain, let's say open risks, this is okay, yeah? so don't try to eliminate every kind of risk, um, but be aware that you have some risks there, monitor them, yeah? which means that we have for almost all of our clients, we have uh, 
uh, yeah, to-do lists or, or risk, uh, lists of carried risks, which are part of the reporting to the management. So um, each reporting, the management gets a list and say, hey, yeah, these are the decisions you already took, yeah? um, where we said, well, you should do something here. Yeah, and um, we agreed that we don't do it now or that you postponed it or you just said, no, it doesn't fit to our company or whatever. Yeah, just have a look at this risk. Are you still feeling comfortable with this? Yeah, and if the management nods and says, yeah, we, we are still comfortable with this, everything is fine. Yeah, so uh, in the end, it's, it's a decision of the management. Uh, what is, uh, I think in the banking world, they're talking about appetite for risk. Yeah, um, how much appetite, I think it's, it's a very nice wording. Now yeah, what, what Buffin and so uh, 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 used there, appetite for risk. Um, yeah, um, but, but basically it's this, perhaps it's the best word for this. Yeah? And uh, there are entrepreneurs uh, which are of course starting up and well, <laughs> if you're an entrepreneur, you have to take risks. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I, I don't think it's, uh, uh, you can get around that. Yeah, so accepting risks is, I think, a, a, a big thing. Yeah. Um, so, and you started with what should uh, a middle stand also uh, do and be aware of. Yeah. First, of course, do your homework. Yeah. Or, well, care about data protection. This means that you have to deal with it. That means that you uh, um, have to draw up what are your obligations. Yeah. And and do it, yeah? And if you can't do it yourself, have somebody doing it. Whether you do this internally and choose somebody internally uh, responsible for this, fine, yeah? Or you have external support. Yeah? This is what, what we do in, let's say, different levels of, of uh, support. Yeah? Um, there are cases where uh, we are just, let's say, the advisors. Uh, where we bring in external expertise um, and supporting an existing internal data protection officer. That works. Uh, so we have regular um, uh, geofixers. We call this geofixers on a regular basis. So there's a the serial appointment in Outlook. So it's, uh, I can tell you where I'm in uh, 15 years uh, in, at the first Wednesday each month. I can tell you where I'm. Yeah, because this is a um, permanent sure fix uh, uh, I have with clients. Yeah? Um, so, and this doesn't end. Yeah? So, because it's, uh, it, there's also something to understand for Mittelstand. It's uh, data protection is not a project which has an end date. Yeah? So it's, uh, it's a management system. Yeah? And as I know, you're supporting TSACs, you know what, I don't have to explain you what a management system is that you have, probably I, uh, there are some listeners to your podcast who don't know, but uh, uh, yeah, so therefore in a management system, you have this plan, do, check, act cycle. So a process of continuously improvement. And um, uh, this is the same with data protection that you continuously uh, see what has changed evaluate what has, has changed, what can we do better? Yeah, what are issues we evaluate different? Yeah, for example, the risk where we said the last time, oh, no, come on, uh, this is something we postpone. Uh, so we just started up with a new ERP system and 
So uh, we don't need to have a data deletion concept right from, from the start. It, 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 it's, it's okay if we have this, let's say after a couple of years. Yeah. So um, yeah, but at some time you have to deal with it. Yeah. So these are things you postpone, but they come up again. Yeah. You need some yeah, system, system sounds uh, uh, technically, uh, some way to, to organize yourself that things like this don't get lost yeah. yeah and it very much helps if you have somebody who is caring about this and as i said it could be internally it could also be externally we are uh, in the most cases we are uh, externally appointed as data protection officers and we also work very much hands-on that means that we bring our jira and confluence platform or well both atlassian project uh, products most of your uh, uh, listeners uh, probably know about Atlassian and yeah. well, uh, a couple of years ago, it was quite unknown, but uh, yeah. I think it's they all also profit from Corona <laughs> as yeah, yeah. a means of uh, collaboration. And yeah. I think their stock prices also soared. So uh, yeah, it was, uh, that's, that's my private investment guideline, invest in companies you use yourself. Yeah, <laughs> totally agree. But uh, thank you for this comprehensive answer. And just want to summarize a little bit. So Mittelstand shouldn't panic against uh, GDPR. They should do their homework and they can assign someone internally. Daten should be after or externally or even a hybrid model, an external uh, data protection officer supporting the internal data protection officer. Yeah is also uh, possible and hybrid system. And let's take this homework and elaborate it slightly more. For example, uh, which criteria Mittelstand uh, should have while choosing software like popular software, like Office 365, Salesforce, you mentioned Atlassian products like Jira, Confluence. What criteria should Mittelstand have? Yeah, I think, uh, um... Of course, you're here in, in the cloud business. You're referring very much to, to cloud uh, services, uh, as you said. Um, and I think these uh, platforms, uh, these public cloud platforms uh, um, have been uh, uh, very much on the rise in the, in the last years. So, and there are many data protection officers say, well, cloud, well, that's, that's risky and don't do that. Uh, do everything on-prem and it's much, much more safer. Yeah, I'm, I do not agree with this. And, and let's say not always. Uh, so for example, if you are a, a mid-sized business and you operate your own exchange server, you need to have staff who knows uh, what to do there. You have to maintain an exchange server. Exchange server is always exposed to the internet. Uh, and at least if you don't have a proxy before that and, and uh, uh, fetch the mails from some other post boxes and have a very much complicated uh, solution. Uh, if, you have, if, it, if you use the exchange as it is supposed to do, yeah, you have an exposed system to the network. And there are so many patches which needs to be applied very, very, very fast. Uh, and you, have a, you need a skilled IT department for that. And if you don't have this, then outsource this. Uh, uh, I, I'm pretty sure that Microsoft has much, much more 
knowledge on how to operate an exchange uh, server than let's say a small software IT uh, company. Now, I don't, but well, there is still enough stuff to do for these small uh, IT companies. Company, definitely. Now, I don't want to, to, <laughs> to ruin their business, but um, yeah, to be frank, yeah, it, it, it does not really make sense for let's say 30 people to operate their own exchange server. Yeah, it only makes sense for the IT guy. Yeah, um, and often uh, this is an external guy, and he has probably different kinds of interests in this. Yeah, um, cloud business as a data protection officer. Well, <laughs> yeah, um, many think cloud is evil. Yeah, and cloud doesn't exist. Cloud is always the PC of someone else. Yeah, and, and you know all this. Yeah? Uh, but on the other hand, yeah, you know, cloud is coming. Yeah? And um, yeah, if you see there is an avalanche coming down to you, yeah, you, you can't say, I hate, uh, I hate snow. Yeah? Uh, it it, it does, just doesn't work. Yeah? Because yeah, you, you have to, to adapt to, to the trends which you have, yeah? um, or you, you won't be taken for serious. Yeah? So, um, Therefore, we, uh, I understand as our job is to how to reduce the risks of using cloud systems as much as possible. Yeah, this is the compliance side, but this is also the technical side. Um, starting with the second one, because it's easier. Uh, the technical side, yeah, um, you need to rely on your service providers. Yeah, if this is a company like Salesforce, like Microsoft, Atlassian, everything's fine. I think they know what they are doing. And if they have a major breach, that they have as many problems as Volkswagen has. Uh, so, so if they uh, do, don't do their job properly, they, they have giant problems. So um, the problem is with the smaller companies. And these are companies you have to trust uh, do you trust a startup which uh, very rapidly develops a very, very cool app yeah, um, and says, well, about security, we are caring later? Uh, might not be the best idea if you put your sensitive uh, company data into this. So it makes sense to ask, the, to, do, to do an audit yeah, at this uh, at the supply, yeah, to ask them for certificates. Do you have a certificate ISO 27000 in the automotive industry? You have this TSAX and, and there are a lot of uh, things what you can do and what you can ask. So this is, let's say, one aspect. The other aspect you ask for is a compliance thing from data protection. Um, so first of all, um, I would say in, in most cases, we are talking about a data processorship. This means that the service provider acts on behalf of uh, the client. Yeah? So um, all the data I put into Salesforce is not Salesforce data, it's my data, even it's on the platform of Salesforce. So, and um, yeah, so, so we are talking about a data processorship and this means uh, according to article 28 of GDPR, you have to, to have some of these uh, data processor agreements uh, in German Auftragsverarbeitung. So the, uh, yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. The bigger 
and let's say more sophisticated uh, companies in this area, they have this usually included in their terms and conditions, or they have this as a download on their web page. Uh, sometimes you can right away sign uh, such an agreement via DocuSign on the web page of the service provider. Yeah, so um, I've seen this at so many sites, even at smaller companies, I see this that they have included uh, um, a DocuSign into their web page where you can sign these data protection things. Uh, or take, take Microsoft, for example, uh, they have included this in the online, online service terms, OST, in the online service terms, there is this agreement is included there. Um, so you don't have to care about that. But if you have smaller companies, you should ask for this because probably they're not so much prepared. And you know, if a solution is sold, hmm, yeah, you can uh, you have to run after it. Yeah? So ask uh, uh, for it before you sign the contract. Uh, it's much easier to 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 get a grip on it before that. So data protection agreement. Second is location. Um, where are these data stored and where is this service provider located? Yeah. Um, if it's in, in the EU, it's everything is fine. Yeah, it does not need to be in Germany. So if, if you want to have a German web hoster or so because you feel more familiar with it, fine, you can do. But there's legally it's no difference between a German and let's say a French. Yeah. Um, data center provider, yeah? if you have a Hetzna or uh, if you have a OBS yeah, uh, in France, uh, it does not really, uh, is different because it's both, it's, it's uh, uh, EU and EU is one single market. Yeah, this is um, the great thing about the EU. So, uh, but the problem is that there are many US services out there. Yeah? And if you have a US service, well, then uh, you need to do, do more. So there are a couple of, uh, of, of countries outside the US which are accepted as safe countries yeah? or countries with an adequate level of data protection like Switzerland, um, Canada in, term, in part, yeah? Japan, Korea, they are now negotiating with Korea, but the US is not. Yeah? And this is, the problem, yeah. This is the problem. What uh, uh, where, where there's a lot of people talking about that. Uh, a lot of people talking about um, that there is uh, a quite unlimited access uh, to data from U.S. companies, uh, uh, from criminal investigators, from from um, yeah um, law enforcement agencies and authorities. Yeah, I think this is the correct word for this. And um, yeah, I think this is one of the major concerns. Yeah? And um, this is why, for example, an Austrian court uh, recently ruled that it's uh, not possible to use Google Analytics. Yeah, so, okay, we can discuss about what is the interest of, uh, let's say, NSA analyzing the web blocks of a specific website. Um, yeah, but this is, what's in the GDPR, yeah, so, but still there are some means of making the level of data protection adequate. One of these means are the standard contractual clauses, uh, in short SCC, 
these are standard clauses provided by the European Commission. And with this, uh, the data importers, so the US, uh, I would say US, but could, could also a Brazilian, Venezuelan, or whatever company, uh, uh, South African or whatever. So the non-EU company says, yeah, we will adapt to the EU level of data protection. Yes, and uh, in brackets, unless we are obliged to other things due to local law. So and this is the problem. Yeah? So what a, a US company will, will have to decide whether they adhere the, this contract and obey the EU law or the, the US law. And if you get a, a, um, a national security letter, so one of these gags orders to hand over the data to, to the law enforcement agencies, um, then you will, as a US company, you will for sure adhere US law. Yeah, so this is the problem. Yeah, and this is uh, where um, the um, Schrems II ruling of the CJEU, of the uh, Court of Justice of the uh, EU, uh, so our highest court we have in, 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 in the UAE, EU, um, which comes into place. And, and in this ruling, it says, well, uh, you can't just uh, send it over. So the basic ruling was there was a, 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 was a contract between the EU and the US, it was a um, cold data privacy shield, uh, it was the second contract of this type. Uh, so the first contract was downed by Mr. Schrems, uh, um, an Austrian uh, privacy activist, uh, and this was the Schrems 1 ruling. And now we have the Schrems 2 ruling after they re-established uh, this uh, uh, contract. Now also the second uh, contract is uh, not valid anymore. And um, by the, in this decision, the CJEU ruled that it is also not enough just to have these standard contractual clauses but you, do, to, you have to do additional measures. So, and this is what you very often have in these legal things. You should do something, but you don't know what to do concrete. Uh, what does it mean, additional measures? Okay, you can, one, one example could be you encrypt your data. Okay, this helps you if you want to do, let's say, uh, offline uh, or a remote data backup. Yeah, if you want to do a data backup on your systems, it's okay. Yeah, but if your systems are hacked and also your uh, data is encrypted, it's not good. Or if your site burns, yeah, um, you have a fire, yeah, so uh, your site is destroyed, then uh, it helps to have a, a backup of your data somewhere else. So where could that be? Yeah, for example, Amazon. Yeah? Amazon Web Services, uh, you can't produce storage so cheap yourself. Yeah? So therefore many businesses, um, they don't operate tapes anymore. Yeah? They send their data to Amazon. Um, and there it helps to say, okay, yeah, we encrypt this data. Yeah? We just uh, encrypt everything we send to, to Amazon and uh, we encrypt this and the, the key is stored somewhere else. Now that it helps. But if you're using Salesforce, it does not really help to encrypt your data on the platform because then you can do nothing with it. Yeah? So there it's absolutely rubbish. Yeah? It doesn't help you. 
So uh, therefore comes now the TIER <laughs> into play. Uh, TIER is the abbreviation for transfer impact analysis, which means you have to evaluate the risk uh, of a data transfer. Yeah? Is this significant? What is the level of data protection in that country? And um, yeah, I can tell you, you can make a big buzz about this. So there are example documents uh, for performing a tier which go to let's say 30, 40 pages. Uh, it's, it's, it's really amazing. Yeah? And it's, um, yeah, it's, uh, it's valid only for a short time because law is changing. Yeah? And as law changes, you, you basically you have to adapt this. So this is, yeah, it's difficult. Yeah? So on the other hand, yeah. So, yeah, you can, of course, you can do a tier, you can write something down, you can really evaluate is it, is it okay to send this data over. Um, so, um, you probably want to distinguish uh, very low level data like web logs, uh, uh, Google Analytics. Uh, you uh, perhaps uh, um, yeah, it's just uh, calendar issues or something. Yeah, or if you have really, really hard health data or criminal records or psychological data and stuff like this, where you really evaluate people, I think this is a different matter. Yeah, and you really need to distinguish about the uh, let's say the the sensitivity of the data you send over. Yeah, and um, by this, I think. Um, Perhaps uh, you can carry the risk, let's, let's say for the time being, and monitor this issue, how it evolves. And this is also something what I tell my, uh, my clients and uh, um, the management of my clients, where I say, look, until now, there is no really hard decision from a major court that you have to stop this that you can't use Office 365, uh, um, Azure Active Directory, Salesforce, and all this stuff anymore. By the way, uh, many of these services have now also the option of the EU location. Uh, yeah. For example, yeah. in Office 365, you should be uh, um, take care that you have a EU uh, uh, data location. This helps you in most of the um, products within uh, Office 365. Um, as my understanding is right now, and we are talking now in uh, start of February 22, uh, might be different in a couple of weeks. But as of now, my understanding is that, for example, all those uh, Azure Active Directory services are still going to the US and are not staying in the EU. Yeah, so if there's any listener of the podcast uh, who has other uh, information, just let me know. Uh, but this is uh, the information I have right now. Uh, so you can't exclude it anyway. Salesforce, I think they have in Amsterdam or so, I think they have a, a possibility of data location. And this is also the reason why you as a, as a, as a European customer often make your contract with a company somewhere in Europe. Uh, for example, Amazon is Luxembourg, and most of the others are in Ireland. Why Ireland? Uh, because Ireland has a nice uh, uh, tax regime for such kind of services. So uh, if you want to save taxes as an online business, you go to Ireland. 
and they have a very weak uh, data protection enforcement. Uh, so these are the, let's say, um, competitive advantages of Ireland. So let's say you have, uh, so if you have, let's say, an Ireland counterpart in your service agreement and you have a data location in Europe, well, it's a European service. Yeah. No problem with standard contractual clauses and transfer impact assessment and so on. But let's say this doesn't exist. Yeah, or one of those is not possible. You have maybe a European location, but the company still is in Australia or is in uh, Atlassian or is in, in the US, uh, then you might have to do this. As I said, there is no hard court decision, let's say of a major court, uh, uh, that this is not legal in this way. Yeah, There are these hints of the CJEU and the Schrems 2 decision. Yeah, but there is no hard ruling on, so you can't use Office 365 anymore. And I have a strong belief in the US cloud industry that if this comes up, they will fight until the end to save their European revenues. Yeah, these are billions. Yeah, and for billions, you can employ a lot of lawyers. Yeah, and uh, if this really happens, it will get a big, big bang. And you will have this as a first topic in the target shop right, and the daily news. And uh, so you will get aware of this. You will hear about this. And uh, until this is uh, fought to the latest court decision, you have time. And because if it goes through the courts, it will take four years, five years something, yeah? yeah, time and contingency planning, yeah, yeah? Uh, as long as you are not the trial case, <laughs> yeah. but uh, yeah, you, you have time for contingency, yeah, this is what I say, and within this time of contingency, the U.S. cloud players will try to find a solution for the European customers, they won't give up the, the European revenues. So as you said in the first part, uh, there is no need to panic. Right. There is no need to panic. You have to do something. You have to you have to make your homework that you can show up something that you have done if somebody asks. Um, but um, I doubt that authority will fine you if you have done your homework as far as you could do. And it's just about the principle of yeah, the uh, the data goes to the yes. Yeah. Um, it's, uh, uh, I think they will uh, search for, um, uh, for adversary um, on the, let's say, what was the word for it, on the floor of the, of the, of the court, yeah, uh, which has, uh, yeah, um, appropriate legal firepower, yeah, so um, that, uh, that you're not as a, I doubt that you as a small company or mid mid-sized company that you will be the the case yeah, and write uh, uh, um, uh, make history in law yeah so this is something this is an expression my my clients actually fear as I say yeah you can do this then you can then make history in law they oh no no <laughs> highly unlikely highly unlikely but summarizing all this and making tangible examples how does uh, Dashuk help Mittelstand? Can you please explain this by giving use cases from your clients uh, from Mittelstand? 
Yeah, sure, sure. Um, and so we have uh, um, a lot of uh, companies which are not uh, uh, focused on a special area. So we have uh, service companies as well as uh, production companies in various uh, uh, parts of business. Yeah. Um, um, yeah, what, what are, uh, what are um, cases like this? So first of all, when I remember when GDPR came into force in uh, 2018, uh, there was a lot of uncertainty, how to do things. Yeah? Because there are, is, is nothing to find. Yeah? So now we have, after two and a half years, there, a lot of stuff have, has been written by uh, uh, lawyers, by students, by professors, and, and so on. So now you have something, what you can read and how you can orient. Um, but this is, uh, was not the case in, back in, in, in 2018. And we had, for example, with one of our clients who does uh, some, yeah, produce medical tests. Yeah? And um, they need to do uh, medical surveys. How to do this? Yeah, so... Um, yeah, and nobody could or wanted to say something, yeah, but our client wants to proceed. Yeah, they had new ideas of product ready for market, and they need this uh, these surveys, this this testing, this large scale testing. Yeah, and we just proceeded the way we said. Well, we can, yeah, we can say this is okay from our from our view, and. Uh, um, we always said, okay, if, if you're not agree with it, please tell us. Nobody told us and we got through with it. Yeah. So sometimes uh, you know, just need to be encouraged and go on. <laughs> so, um, but ask them, yeah? So do you think there is a problem? And um, they can't say anything uh, or, or didn't want to, whatever. Yeah. So we got on, yeah. So then there are a lot of, let's say, um, interesting new ideas, new businesses or new, new concepts on how to do things. Yeah? So uh, we all know this Tinder app yeah? where you can swipe, yeah? um, dating app. Yeah? And there's a company um, who used this uh, uh, as a, a, um, a recruiting app. Very interesting. Yeah? So uh, you, can, you are offered jobs. Yeah, and you can swipe if you want it or not. Yeah, if you find it okay or not. So the thing is, uh, if you swipe, yeah, I like it. Automatically, an application was issued to this company, and then the company came back to the applicant and say, "Hey, yeah, we received your data, and uh, thank you for your application." And we had got tons of requests saying, "Hey, um, I don't know you." Who are you? Why do you have my data? And then you start up to explain, yeah, you use this app and you swipe and you saw our job and you swipe, that's okay. And that uh, according to the terms and conditions, this is application. And then they say, ah, oh, yeah, okay. But you have to talk half an hour to somebody who is really, uh, yeah. And yeah, it causes a lot of discussions. Interesting also in the area of, uh, of uh, recruiting is also these, uh, let's say online testings. Yeah. Um, yeah, there are things like robo recruiting or gamification, uh, uh, evaluation, uh, gamification evaluation of applicants. 
Yeah, and so you do some kind of online games there. And afterwards, you get a report how much are you multitasking page, uh, multitasking uh, um, capable. Um, yeah. Capable, thank you. Yeah, and uh, how much are you able to concentrate on your thing? And uh, um, how do you, how well do you react under stress? Yeah, and how much is your thinking structured? Uh, just about 20 minutes online gaming, they can say all this. Uh, so this is a black box, yeah, you know, they say, hey, uh, the mechanisms behind this is our business secret. Um, yeah, might be, yeah, but uh, it's it's really hard to, uh, to, to have a report like this. Uh, and uh, what should never happen is that you decide based on such a report, if you uh, stop this application process and say no, thank you, uh, or not, yeah, because this is just an indication. It can only be an indication, yeah, because this is really something, as I said, black box without knowing anything what's happening there. There are, in fact, evaluation uh, um, platforms uh, for applicants which are a bit more to, let's say, uh, um, uh, to, to, to standards. Uh, which we know like uh, um, Mybricks type indicator, this is a, a scheme where you put people in uh, to see if they are more a leader or more, uh, let's say a working bee, yeah, to <laughs> characterize it this way. Because if you have uh, two leaders in a team, yeah, they will always be against each others. And if you have a lot of working bees in a team, but no leader, they will work, but probably in the wrong direction. Yeah, so, uh, could make sense to do this, yeah. Um, so uh, I think this is at least a bit more from the analytical view and um, um, from the science view, it's much more based uh, uh, why it comes to decision like this. Yeah? And the questionnaires behind this are, are pretty much elaborated. I think um, if you use something, use something which is really scientifically approved uh, and not some fancy black box. Uh, so this one, that's the message. Yeah, so then we have a lot of breaches, for example. Yeah, we have breaches by accident. Yeah, so sending stuff to the wrong people or sending the wrong uh, uh, stuff to all people. Yeah, it's um, dangerous. Yeah, actually, we had one customer who was extremely proud that he opened, uh, together with the Works Council, a own vaccination center on site uh, of, the, of the factory. Yeah, and a uh, very big bus and uh, uh, very proud to do that. Um, and they were sending around a letter to all employees uh, saying, hey, yeah, you have now the chance to get vaccinated during work times and please register here for an appointment and so on. Mm -hmm. And nobody saw that very small in the top line. It was uh, the um, yeah, it was a line um, cancellation of work contract with Mr. So and So with the date. The Works Council signed it. Both of the managing directors signed it, and nobody saw that. And it was sent out to over six hundred people. Shit happens. Yeah. What should we say? Um, yeah, so 
things like this, yeah, wrong form, yeah, just used the wrong form and didn't uh, kill and deleted everything they should, yeah, um, but um, uh, putting your the the um, the um, sheet where you have your salaries on, yeah, and your taxes and this stuff, putting these in into a new machine where it puts into envelopes, but putting it in the wrong way. So the numbers appear in this window and give this to the post office. <laughs> so yeah, things like these happen. Yeah. Um, okay, you also have uh, uh, things, uh, uh, data breaches after an incident. Yeah, of course, yeah. Uh, we have a web store uh, uh, within our clientship, um, which has been hacked. Yeah, so, um, the service provider, they put in some code which was obviously not properly approved and not properly reviewed because uh, SQL injection was possible. And by this SQL injection, um, the emails and the password hashes have been stolen from the system. Mm -hmm. And the passwords have not been sorted. So, and if they're not being sorted, you can very easily get back to the to the original. There are rainbow tables out there. And um, so, um, yeah, first of all, check your suppliers. Is this, uh, uh, do they have appropriate process for implementing new code? Is there a four eyes policy that somebody checks the code? Which is implemented, maybe do a pen test yeah, and stuff like this. So this is the one one thing. Uh, the other thing is how to react on this. Yeah, and while I was discussing with the management that um, well, we lost 600k, yeah, 600,000, uh, uh, 600,000 uh, um, data. What do you say, data lines of of data? Yeah. Um, um, yeah, while I was discussing with the management uh, if this is critical or not, uh, um, the leader of the social media team came in and said, well, we don't have access to any of our Facebook, uh, uh, Twitter, uh, whatever yeah. channels, and everywhere is another phone number and everywhere is another email address. Yeah, so, um, and this was the decision not only to notify oblig uh, the obligationary uh, notification to authorities, which you have to issue within 72 hours usually, um, not only this, but also to write to all of the 600,000 um, customers on the web shop, well, your password has been lost. Yeah, and um, so, and of course, briefing the uh, back office and the, the contact center. So we hired a contact center and uh, they, they have a contact center, which need to be briefed that, hey, there could be a lot of very annoyed uh, calls there. Yeah, and what to tell them. Yeah. Um, there's, by this way, yeah, uh, we should come up about risks on this later. Um, yeah, or maybe maybe just, just as uh, one or two words on that. Yeah, um, I don't think that the risks uh, uh, with data protection is so much that you have fines from authorities. I don't think it's serious to say, hey, there is a 20 million fine or 4% of revenue. Yeah, it, it, that's a lex Google and a lex Facebook. 
Uh, this doesn't apply to, to mid-sized uh, mid uh, companies. What really is relevant is if these data subjects come up and say, hey, I want for, from you a compensation because I have a problem here. Yeah? Now you lost my data. I lost control over my data and I have a problem now. Somebody um, yeah, stealing my identity, whatever. Yeah? Um, <laughs> many people use the same password uh, everywhere. Yeah? So if you once lost your password, uh, the attacker has access to your email account and can set back all the other passwords. Yeah? So in, let's say for the consumer business, uh, multi-factor authentication, rarely, yeah, I would say rarely. Yeah, so of course, Apple has it, Google has it, but uh, I'm not sure even if Amazon has it. Yeah, um, they hear they it, it's rarely used. Uh, they hear yeah. it because I use it, I know from there, but it's uh, rarely used. And also maybe one thing to add, it's also the reputation of the company that you are uh, subject to a, yeah. a data yeah. breach. Yeah, um, but there I have to say, uh, at this special case, um, I would, yeah, uh, my, my, my experience on this is uh, from, from this special case, um, a lot of people, let's say from the medical business, because it's about medical stuff, not medical data, but let's say uh, medical literature also. Yeah, and um, a lot of people said, thank you for informing me. Because I'm also pretty much sure that a lot of businesses don't inform their customers about yeah. such a breach because they fear exactly this. Yeah, and uh, therefore I think, it, well, it's not only a legal obligation, but I think it's also an ethical obligation to inform your customers, hey guy, you might have a problem if you use your password everywhere. Uh, because I lost it. Sorry for that, I lost it. Yeah? And you wouldn't have a problem if you had a different password everywhere. Yes. So, yeah. Um, the, okay, so I, I don't uh, uh, recommend to blame it to the, to the customers. This, this is not my intention, but uh, to, you need to be honest with your customer. Yeah? And not, uh, not only it's because that it's the law to do so, but uh, um, I think it's also an ethical thing. Yeah? Are you really a good guy or just want to make profit? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, um, you, uh, for the use cases, Rife, and we are uh, quite over time, but I really like the use cases. So uh, I didn't want to interrupt at all, kept my silence and uh, listened to them. Uh, but can you uh, quickly give us uh, your top suggestion for Mittelstand when it comes to uh, data protection? Yeah, so um, I think um, whether you talk about data protection or also IT security, and you saw this is very close yeah, um, to each other. Um, so both are compliance things. Yeah, I just have to yeah, do your homework. Yeah, This is, I think, the, the major out, out call I have to make. Yeah. Um, do your homework, be prepared. Yeah? Be prepared uh, for cases of ransomware. More than 50% of our customers faced uh, attacks uh, on ransomware. Yeah? These are those where I know it that they have had problems with this. So there might be even a couple more. Yeah? So um, it's not the question if, but it's a question when. 
you will get uh, hit by this. Yeah? Be prepared for this. Be prepared that you have, um, that you have let's say, playbooks, Notfallpläne, Drehbücher, that you have playbooks in your drawer, um, that, you, um, that you know what everybody has to do in such a case. Yeah? Um, um, yeah, I think this is uh, um, one thing. Be prepared that people start asking about privacy issues and complaining also if you don't do your homework and if you don't act uh, yeah, seriously about this, yeah, if you don't made up your mind and do things you shouldn't do or which at least could be questioned, uh, um, be prepared that people ask and especially in such kind of breaches. Yeah, there are um, there are a lot of firms outside there which are specialized on these kinds of breaches, um, representing thousands of potential customers, acquiring these customers um, to sue you, not because of one, but because in, 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 this, in the name of thousands. And well, if you have, let's say, uh, um, if you compensate a customer with, let's say, a couple of 100, 200, 500 uh, euros, that's okay. But if they come up with 20, 30, 50, 100,000 customers, it gets critical. Yeah. So be prepared on that. Yeah. Um, yeah. Um, think about also uh, not only the management, but also uh, uh, be prepared about uh, um, applicants asking questions, make sure that also these processes are clear when the applicant data is deleted, stuff like this, and beware of, uh, let's say, angry employees leaving the company. Yes, yeah. um, this is also quite a risk. Yeah? So this is uh, uh, because they know what problems you have and what lists are on your um, risk-taken list. Yeah. Um, so this is, think before you pass on data to service providers, which are not so safe as they think they are. I'm all, I'm not, I don't know why, but I'm always uh, 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 a bit, um, let's say, skeptical if I see a, a big mark on a service provider's web page, GDPR compliant, yeah? because <laughs> yeah, why yeah. do you say this? Yeah? I, I think it should be. Uh, uh, normal that they are, but um, I feel okay. Yeah, um, yeah um, make your backups. Yeah, the, in terms of uh, of ransomware, we had some very serious cases uh, uh, last year, and uh, um, really make your backups and care about them. Make sure they are actually done and they are actually uh, valuable and they are usable. And uh, perhaps also they are air-gapped, yeah? so that if somebody breaks into your network uh, um, and uh, gets your domain controller, that uh, they don't get to your backup. Yeah? And uh, I think this is a very nice English word, air-gapped. Yeah? I don't know if we have something in Germany yeah? um, that there is a gap of air that is not yeah, offline, yeah, for example. Yeah. Uh, that is also English word. Uh, um, that is not uh, connected to the network. Uh, so um, this is something where the old tape drives maybe get another chance. Um, I know it's it's terrible old fashioned, but something like this, at, at least it's uh, that uh, an attacker doesn't get to your backups. Make this clear, make tests of this. 
and test if really the backup works. So I had the one customer who brings the tapes every Friday uh, to the bank and locks it in, in the bank. And then he got hit by a ransomware and he, um, yeah, he had to acknowledge that there has never been a file on this tape. Yeah, backup resources <laughs> so, are very crucial. <laughs> yeah. And of course, sensitize your staff. Yeah. So the most valuable protection as well in data protection as in privacy is people in the business know what they are doing and who are sensitized to these things. Yeah, um, yeah uh, that they know when they think about, need to think about data protection and they know who to call. Yeah, so they don't need to have the solution right away, but it helps to speak with somebody who has some experience in this uh, and yeah, um, and, and does this. Yeah? So train your staff, train your staff in data privacy, but train your staff also in uh, security. For example, do phishing simulations, do tabletop exercises, uh, whatever. Yeah. Um, uh, but um, yeah, care about these issues. Yeah. Thank you, Ralph. Thank you for these suggestions. And definitely backup restores are crucial. As, as you mentioned with this tape <laughs> example, but also uh, the employee awareness is very important because you can buy 100,000 euros worth security software, but if your password is uh, your name and one, two, three, then yeah, <laughs> it won't sure. change sure. the thing. Yeah, and if they don't know which link to click on and which better not, yeah. Uh, same with the uh, things like fake CEO. I have a company, they invested a lot of in, in IT security. And uh, yes, the IT security is great. But then they got an invoice for a, a secret project of the, of the management and they paid this invoice. <laughs> Approximately a million. And then it came out, this, this project doesn't exist. Yeah. So uh, also this, I think is very, very simple to tell your staff, hey, look, these things exist. The, not this project, but these um, methods of uh, phishing, social engineering. Uh, these uh, fake CEO attacks, they exist and they exist also at us. Yes. Uh, and, yes. Um, we are also a target. So nobody is too small and too insignificant to be a target. And hackers have plenty of time. Hackers yeah. have plenty of time, so um, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, that's that, that's true. They're true. Yeah. Uh, so and it, it's got easy to to train staff. Yeah. So you don't need to have seminars for for days. There are e trainings out there which are really worth the name, which are really let's say interactive and with short videos and uh, a way you can really do something. Yeah. So it. It's not like that you have to put all your staff into a day seminar or so. Yeah, uh, yeah you're uh, right. Times have changed there. And I think the good thing about Corona is that uh, uh, video conferencing now actually works. Uh, and uh, remote working, remote collaboration uh, has really improved by this. Yeah. Uh, thank you, Ralph. How people can find you? Yes, yeah, so just Google Dashuk. Yeah, um, <laughs> this is the easiest way about our webpage. Uh, 
As said, we are located in Darmstadt, but we are also serving uh, uh, people all over in Germany. Um, I think we, are, we have uh, the client which is uh, most far away is in Los Angeles. Uh, so <laughs> this is, uh, um, yeah, it's uh, also interesting customer from the gaming industry. Um, and uh, yeah, so um, I think as said, yeah, video conferencing works and presence uh, uh, is not, necessary always. I like to be at the site of my clients. And this is why a lot of our clients are, let's say, 100, 200 kilometers around Darmstadt and Frankfurt. Thank you, Ralf. Thank you for your yeah. inputs. Thank you for having me and inviting me to your podcast. And um, yeah, go ahead with this. It's a very nice podcast. Thank you. Great. Thank you. Bye-bye.